Hi guys and welcome back to the EFF Reaction Podcast with me Lewis and your co-host Max and this is episode three. Uh, how are you this week Max? I'm good thanks mate, I'm good and suffering with the heat but apart from that I'm happy that England won their first game so how are you doing Lewis? Pretty good, I'm at that point now with the heat where I just don't want it anymore um, so I think because it's it there's 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 an, there's sort of hot and then there's like like too hot. I don't know. This is like a proper British thing, you know, where where people moan about the weather all the time. But I mean, I just can't get cold at the moment. I'm still playing football on Saturdays at the moment, so it is a nightmare. It's too hot to play at two o'clock on a Saturday. But uh, yeah, it is what it is. So. So I mean, but moving on from the weather. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is really hot at the moment. But um, but yeah. So a lot of things uh, have have happened this week in terms of the first week of the Euros. Um, from obviously the incident with Ericsson to some um, amazing goals and and even the odd um, you know the odd uh, surprise um, in terms of you know big teams, little teams. So I mean, starting with Ericsson, obviously glad he's stable and it's it's really hard to talk about to be honest because he's yeah you know, he he's awake and he's fine now. It was quite traumatic for a lot of people. Uh, what did you make of it all, Max? And how um, you especially how UEFA dealt with it? Yeah, it's um I'm yeah like you said I'm really happy that he's okay and he's he's alive uh, obviously alive and, and awake and well um mm. in terms of originally i did think that it was uh ericsson that wanted his team to play on in the second half but i'm hearing news that kind of your way for somewhat forced the fixture to kind of to to, to uh, the second half to happen in that day which i'd obviously i'm against if it wasn't what the players wanted but um i think that obviously that ha- did have a massive effect on the on the game, um, but like like we saw, I think was it Denmark? I think had twenty two shots, and Finland mm. had one shot, and they, and you could see Schmeichel kind of the 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 way he conceded it. It didn't look like his mindset was was right. But I think in terms of the way the referee, the the English referee, dealt with it in terms of bringing you know the, the medical staff on really quickly, and obviously the way the captain for Denmark handled the situation um of course it's difficult for his family being at the stadium so it's, it was a bit awful to watch at the time but I guess in on a positive note you know he's well and hopefully recovers well it was um yeah it was a great response by medical staff uh, just everyone I think even even um the the captain care um he was he was stayed strong as well and I think to be honest how again we were talking about UEFA and stuff and we could go on about this phrase so I just want to keep it short but um but yeah I, I do feel like they were forced into it into playing the game but again we'll we'll just move on did you did you see the wonder goals by Yarmolenko and obviously the second Czech Republic goal from Schick yeah I did I think I would have to say the Czech the Czech Republic goal was just was slightly edged it I think just because of the sheer you know how far out it was and I've seen Yarmolenko do that you know he's done that in the Premier League a few times cutting in from from the right but I think that the way the player the because that's such a difficult thing to shoot from that far out and to get that the flight of the ball and the way it curves into the net I mean what the Scotland goalkeeper is doing is is another thing yeah. but half, <laughs> I half think it's a brilliant goal yeah, positioning on the halfway line. So I mean, it, I mean, you you do that when you're newer, you know. When we you know when you're a buying goalkeeper, when you're dominating every single game, but uh, it's just a bit mad. But yeah, I mean, what a goal though! Can't take anything anything away from the goal itself because it's amazing. And, and again, Yarmolenko, um, really good goal against uh, the the Netherlands, I think it was. So so yeah, let's just move on and. Um, Quickly to the pick three winner. It's just just to say in regards to pick three, it'll be announced tomorrow, probably your today when this comes out. Um, and obviously the uh, the shout out will be next week, so it'll be a, a double shout out because we'll we'll obviously have got through uh, two pick three games, uh, two pick three rounds. Um, so yeah, a lot of drama in uh, match day one, and and I think for many of us, glad to see the back of it. Uh, but let's just touch firstly touch upon how we did this week in terms of our teams and. We'll just go through uh, mine first, if that's okay, Max, just to get it out of the way. Um, we have a current game uh, due, uh, uh, I mean, the last the last game of match day one, which is France versus Germany. And not a lot of um, ownership, I imagine, in this game, apart from Kante. Um, so a lot of a lot of players looking for Kante to score tonight. Um, likely, Max? 
If he scores, I'd be very surprised. I know he has got it in him when he does that and then kind of darting runs forward, but I wouldn't, out of all the players, I wouldn't expect Kante to get to be on the goal, on the score sheet. Well, I, I I think I'll definitely delete the app. I think if Kante scores tonight, that'll be me gone. Um, <laughs> that pushed yes, you over the edge. Definitely. But let's just go through uh, my team. I'm just going to go through the team in general. I'm not going to say, I'm not going to go in order. I'm just going to start, well, just start with the goalkeepers. Uh, Ward against, you know, obviously played for Wales. He was my my um, my first choice because he played first, of course. And then he, he obviously, it was a tough game for Wales, I thought, against Switzerland. Um, both sides looked pretty dull. Uh, we were counter-attacking, um, Wales were counter-attacking and didn't didn't really look great, uh, to be honest. And But to be fair, I, Danny Ward stood out for me in terms of the, the, the saves and stuff he made. And I thought he was great. So um, he got he got three points. He got um, he got a save point. Uh, but yeah, just and then obviously, of course, because he because he didn't keep the clean sheet, I entrusted Bachmann, uh, my Austrian second choice keeper. I mean, bit of a bizarre game against uh, North Macedonia um, with the whole Arnautovic incident and and stuff. But I don't want to go any into any more incidents. I just want to keep it strictly fantasy. So yeah, again. I think it was 3-1. North, North Macedonia scored. Clean sheet gone. Two points. So I've had to obviously keep the two points for Bachmann. Moving on to um, my Danish treble. Now, I don't really want to focus too much on the Danish treble because of obviously everything that happened. So I'll get through this really quickly. Um, obviously, Ericsson, one point. It, 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 at that point, I didn't really care about the points. So, again, I don't really want to touch upon Christian Eriksen too much. But then, obviously, I had the double Danish uh, defence in Mailer and also Kerr. So, again, don't want to focus on it too much, but that's already that's already sort of three subs that I've had to make. So, after the Denmark games, I think it was after day two, was it? Day two? Um, obviously, I needed my subs. Now the problem the problem with that is I then brought on um Denea from Belgium, um, uh, who didn't start. Uh, just want to touch upon Denea, to be honest, because obviously played the previous nine out of ten games. So I mean, I think I think there was a couple writing to be saying, Oh, why, why did you bring him in anyway? Because he wasn't nailed. I mean, you can't really get more nailed than nine out of ten competitive matches, can you? I mean You would expect it. I mean, you can only base most of your decisions on what's happened prior and yeah, you would expect it. Yeah, you know, ninety percent of the games he's playing. So yeah, and I mean, I only know one of a player on in 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 national international form, and that's Griezmann, who's actually bettered that form and played the France's ten out of ten pre you know recent games. So I mean, in terms of nailed this today, it was dead on, but he just didn't start. And I've I've got a lot of um Belgian um obviously from people from Belgium on 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 Twitter, and they were sort of surprised as well to see. Uh, to see Danae not play. So again, um, Danae didn't play and he was a sub on. So, I mean, you know, I'm already pretty much four, five, six blanks after a couple of days. So, I mean, and then Rindel, uh for Netherlands came on. Um, didn't even start the Netherlands game. Uh, he came on and obviously as soon as he came on, they conceded two goals. So he ended up on zero points. And then it gets worse. Um, obviously, Found out, and I hope he gets better. Obviously, that Cancelo um, was positive for COVID, uh, so again he didn't play. So you know, my backline: Danny Ward blank, uh, Denea blank, Care blank, Backman blank, Vindel blank, Mailer blank, Cancelo didn't play. So that's you know that's already one, two, three, four, five. So, you know that's already six to seven players, including subs that that didn't return or play, or you know. Um, just want to focus on the first day to start the midfield. Obviously, we know about Ericsson. He blanked. So, you know, that's what happened there. Brought on Jota um, for tonight, uh, the Portugal game against Hungary. But let's go back to Berardi. Uh, great first night. Captain Berardi on the first night. Six points. Uh, well, 12 points. Um, my eyes were fully focused on Lukaku, and rightly so. But yeah, Berardi, six points, uh, which was pretty good, I think. Um, in, in, in terms of the first opening day anyway, and because obviously I didn't have the Italian defence because I thought Turkey were, were going to score, actually. Um, but anyway, moving on to, to Jota against Hungary. Didn't really look convincing, um, to be honest. And I, I, I 
pretty much don't think Portugal looked convincing for the first 85, 80, 85 minutes. And then obviously, Ronaldo right at the end, absolutely killing me. Um, but yeah, Vine Vinealdum, um, a top pick for me, you know, someone that I had in the very first draft. Um, he's not moved in or out of my team, so he's pretty much stayed throughout. I know we love we know he loves long shots, we know he's good, we know he's playing an attacking position, and he actually got a goal. Um, so so great return from Vinaldum and Berardi. So just you know, just so far, that's two returns out of about ten players. That's the sort of week I've had. Uh, Fran Torres again, someone the that I I had a lot of hope for, um, because he he moves a lot from the wing to central position, central striker position. So again, that's that's it. That's a that's a. A player I, I thought was really going to return, but then in terms of you know, in terms of Torres, like next week and looking forward and stuff, I'm not too convinced to be honest. Um, let's just move on to Che Adams, my differential. So he's he's someone that for me is was nailed to to start, um, and it's quite annoying actually because obviously his recent form was two goals and assist in the three last three goal, games that he started. Um, so obviously he came on uh, when I think when Scotland were two 0 down. Um, he looked he looked lively. Uh, he made the attack you know move a little bit more and stuff, but obviously just didn't return. So at one point, Depay um, just I, I can't really say much about Depay in a negative way because I think he looked class. You know, I've watched three games um, with him now in the past two weeks and he has looked world, he's looked world class, you know. Obviously rumours that he's going to Barcelona and stuff rightly so, but I just think he he, he just looks like he's on another level. Um, and then last but not least, uh, the captain Lukaku um, and, and to be honest, when, when Lukaku played and returned 20 points, I thought, right, that's that's my captain. My target's a 9 to 10 points um, and that was my target. So I wasn't I think obviously, moving Berardi on from six points was the right move anyway, because I don't think I'd be happy with with twelve points, six points, you know, half. But but yeah, Lukaku nine to ten points, he hit the target. So I mean, again, it, it, again, it's difficult because a lot of blanks in my team. So I I only had three players that returned this week, and it it's pretty detrimental to to the to the I mean to your rank to to have a quite a good first week so total points for me this week was 46 points which I know for a fact is terrible now obviously I, I don't want to blame myself too much because I, I feel a lot of it was down to look obviously we had the whole thing with Ericsson and then the double Danish to be honest again I don't want to talk about the Denmark game too much but you know, with 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 Danish with the Denmark game, I thought Denmark looked pretty strong, and then obviously everything happened, and then second half it was sort of emotions were high. So, I mean, they, they that was that was three Denmark assets, and then Cancelo, COVID, Vindal didn't start, Denea didn't start, uh, Che Adams didn't start. Uh, a lot of it I feel was was quite. A you know, it was bad luck. And, and to be honest, like, I don't feel like I've overthought the picks that I've put in for match day one. They were based on stats. They, you know, they were based on good recent form, Yotta, Ferran Torres, two midfielders that, by the way, have out, had outscored most of midfielders on the international stage in the last six to seven games with five to six goals each. So in terms of form, they were red hot, um, international form anyway. Uh, but yeah, so I mean... God, I don't even want to say where I am in the, in the uh, community league. But yeah, I mean, put it this way, I think there's about 1.4 or 1.5 thousand players in our league and I am nearly 1.1. Uh, my um, my overall rank, which I'm quite surprised at actually, is, oh, hang on, the leagues have just loaded. Yeah, so actually the um, my, my current league position is um, 1,020. Uh, so yeah, that's a pretty pretty awful position to be honest. And I mean, I'm just seeing red arrows everywhere at the moment. But so I mean, over overall rank, um, I am 678k uh, from three million, three point two five million, and I'm two thousand k in Wales from eight k. So 
a lot of ground to make up next week. Um, and I need to make sure that my match day uh, two picks are uh, spot on and I don't overthink them. And I'm so glad that I'm using Limitless. So uh, moving on to you, Max. So really, really terrible week for me. And I think it was more down to luck. It's a bad luck. I think some things, yeah, I think some things you wouldn't have expected. But like, of course, the obvious and, you know, Kinsella went out with with COVID as well. Mm. And there's, yeah, there's a few things that are kind of out of our control. But yeah, on to, in terms of my team, so I also had kind of a quite strong Denmark contingent. I had Schmeichel. So I, yeah, that got me two points. And I had Mele, um, my, however you pronounce his name, and I also had Ericsson. So I had three Denmark players as well. Um, and like I said, I think there was one shot Denmark faced and they conceded. And I think they had something like 20, 22 shots or, or something along those lines. So I, yeah, I was a very, I think, like we said earlier in the pod, I think that fixture perhaps should have happened the next day. They should have finished this, you know, when things changed. But either way, um, got two points from Schmeichel there um, if I go to my defender so if I start off with Monier who was my kind of high scoring player um, I was so frustrated when Castagne um, started because like, yeah. he was obviously 5.5 million Monier cost and I was like Jesus and then he came on and then obviously he ended up getting a goal assist and a clean sheet because he just played 63 minutes so for me that was I, I'll pretend it's skill but yeah it was a bit of luck <laughs> A bit of luck there. Um, I had Benucci. Uh, he got me six points. So I wanted to play it safe with, with one Italian defender. Um, mm. But then saying that, Benucci, I felt, did look threatening on set pieces. I know the um, you know the left-back Spinoza, he was kind of a, a really solid player and he looked very threatening going forward. But I think uh, Benucci kind of offers that, you know, from set pieces, something different. So, yeah, he got me the six points clean sheet. And then Pau Torres... I got a six points uh, clean sheet as well um, from my buddy. I only, I know he's not really an attacking defender, and he's mm. so I I just wanted the clean, you know, the clean sheet. So I've yeah. got the, the six points there. Um, obviously, sub Derrickson out anyway. Um, so I had Susek Susek uh, for Czech Republic, and I'm actually frustrated he didn't get the assist because it come off him for the for the wonder goal. I, I I'm sure it didn't deflect off anyone else. It came straight off his leg, to, mm. but they haven't given Euro twenty twenty fantasy have not given it as an assist. So I only got three points from Susek, um, of course, because he got the two for playing and one for the clean sheet. Torres, similar reasons to you, I was a bit frustrated with him. Um, three points as well because you know I didn't. It was a frustrating game because I think Spain had like eighty five percent possession, and to be fair, Sweden, you know, they defended well, but yeah. on the other hand. A frustrating owner, considering you know his attacking threat and some of the stats we've discussed in the previous pod. Um, my other midfielder, so I had Alaba. He got me an assist, and I thought he looked quite decent. Um, so he got me five points. And then if I go straight onto my strikers, so I had Memphis Depay. Again, a little frustrated. I think he could have scored, but either way, I think he did look lively. Yeah. And I think not getting a, a haul or any points out of that was, I just think, a little bit unlucky, considering, you know, the scoreline mm. was 3-2. Uh, and then if we look at, so I captained Lukaku um, early on in the in the uh, match day. So, of course, I kept that for me because, yeah, he got, that's got me 20 points. And then just now, of course, I had um, Ronaldo. So it was, it was a frustrating game for me because I felt... I was annoyed at Yota early on because he could have squared it to Ronaldo and it would have just been, you know, I think Ronaldo would have put it away in the first half. Yeah. And then Ronaldo did get another chance where I should be at it over the bar. So I thought it wasn't his day, but, you know, he obviously got the pen and then he uh, kind of, well, good link-up play towards the end that ended up getting him a, um, getting him the second goal. So that was 10 points. And then if I look at my bench, so I had Ericsson, which I already mentioned. I had Tim Krull, which... I was so I was banking so much on Schmeichel because I felt Denmark was going to get that clean sheet and yeah. of course it didn't happen. So I wasn't too worried before the game, you know, the match day about having Tim Craw and the, you know the debate on whether he'd start and obviously he didn't. But either way, I wouldn't have got the points anyway. Um, and then I had Alioski on the bench who didn't get me any points. He got book him, and then I had uh, Nago who didn't get any points either. So for me, the starting 
11 did quite um I had I think what was it one two three uh, about six returns including the assist from Oliver so I was happy kind of quite happy with that apart from the obvious you know a few players with the Dem- within the Denmark team I uh, didn't get the points but so I got 74 points so I don't think it's updated on mine it's not updated yet but wow. prior to Ronaldo's goals I was on rank I think it was overall 54k and I think in England it was 7k and then the community league I think it was 167 but that was before the Ronaldo so I don't know what I should, yeah it would have gone up a little bit but yeah I'll have to see when it when it comes but yeah I'm happy with Ronaldo I tried to I was worried in that game because I felt it was going to be another Spain game where Hungary you know especially after they got that first goal but luckily he ended up getting the goals for me which was good. It's really interesting because I mean I mean that's a great a great match day one um, return in was it seventy four points was it? Yeah. So that's I mean that's thirty points more than me. It's just mad, isn't it? When when you think about the what when you think about the difference in weeks. So I mean, we've, we we obviously I don't want to reference FPL and talk about FPL, but it, it, is it just it what are you what do you do now? Do you because obviously you've had a really good start. You had a really good start in FPL last year, didn't you? And then you sort of it sort of dwindled away, didn't it? As, yeah, as, this as is what happened. Out. Yeah, so, you're right. This is what happened last time. So where um, do you go now? What, 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 from FPL, what do you do going forward? Safe or? I think when we discussed kind of lessons learned in the previous pod about for FPL and the mistake I made was I did well in the first few weeks and I had this mindset of getting ahead even further, you know, I, and I started playing two differential. And that's um, what kills it, isn't it? So for me, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have the, you know, well, we we discuss our team on match day two anyway. But I'm not gonna be stupidly differential. I'm gonna go on, you know, the stats and the and the players that I feel. I'm not gonna try and be too clever and get ahead for even further. I'm just gonna, it's gonna be a balance. I think that's the main thing, having that balance. Um, but obviously, with our game plan for match day two, I think we we should be a little bit safer based upon the fact that we will be using limitless. Yeah. I just want to move on um, quickly to match day two. So we're both doing limitless. We know that. We've, we've, I've activated it. I've already drawn up drafts, and I think you have too. Um, just getting the fixtures up in front of me now. Um, what I mean, there's, it's interesting because there's a lot of interesting matchups this week. A lot of a lot of close ones, and also a lot of big favourites playing uh, not so good looking teams. So just going, for, I just want to go through the teams quickly and. Perfect to be perfect. I was Turkey and Wales. It could go either way that game. Um, for me, as a Welsh, as a Welsh, being Welsh as well, it's it's um it's quite difficult to to know where that's to know which way that's going to go. Um, so I wouldn't go out my way to target Wales. Um, Italy. Um, I would. However, I thought Switzerland looked poor against. I think Switzerland looked good against. Wales in terms of possession and domination but in terms of the chances they created it they weren't that great um, and I think Italy with the defence Italy have got obviously far better than Wales they can sort of cancel that out so Italy attack on defence they they'd be they'd be a big um they'd be a big team to look at Finland and Russia um there's a lot of overthinking regards to Finland and Russia there's a lot of overthinking because Finland won the last game and a lot of people are looking at Russian assets, but I am not buying that at all. Uh, game is not for me. Uh, Belgium against Denmark. I don't want to talk about targeting Denmark because obviously a lot of stuff has happened, but I will be looking at Belgium, um, definitely. Uh, Ukraine and North Macedonia, again. And everyone that sits a bit on the edge for me, um, I'm not too sure how that game's going to go, so I'm not going to... I'm not going to, you know, double attack it with double uh, double players. Um, Holland and Austria, I think that'll be a better game than people think. I think, obviously, we know Netherlands can score, but they can see they can concede as well. Um, so Netherlands, I would look at as well. Maybe not the doubler. Croatia and Czech again, an interesting game, and maybe one asset. Um, England and Scotland. Scotland, we know England and we know Scotland look poor, but are they going to play like that against England? I'm not too sure, but again, I haven't seen lots of goals in that. Uh, Sweden and Slovakia, not something I'd want to look at, to be honest. Spain and Poland, maybe not. Uh, France, Hungary, obviously, 
uh, France being the team that we can all sort of pile up on in, in Limitless. Um, and Portugal and Germany, finally, not really a game that I'd be interested in and looking at um, assets, to be honest. So, Max, who, are you, who, who do you think you, you want to you wanna target this week? So, mine's uh, slightly different to how you went just there. Um, the first game I kind of looked at was Finland, because I felt that the fact that the amount of shots Denmark had against them, and I think it's the sort of game, you know, where Russia will feel that they need to, it's for both sides now. Finland will want to, you know, if Finland win, that's pretty much, you know, they're through. And obviously Russia, you know, it's a must-win game for them. So I feel like it could, I'll mention the player that I feel it could be um, a good a good game for, but I feel it could be kind of the, while I said I didn't want to focus too much on differentials and I want to play it mm. safe, it could be, a, you know, a differential target there. Um, I'll only discuss four games, but Scotland, yeah. I feel Scotland looked, without Tierney, they did look quite poor. Um, yeah. And I think if England don't win don't win 3 or 4-0, I will be kind of frustrated because I feel like England have looked solid at the back. And I think Harry Kane will get some chances in that game. Hungary, I mean, even though they, they could have went 1-0 up to, uh, today after that game, I feel the French side as well, um, in terms of the depth they have, that'll be another another game that you should that you should target and also the north macedonia game now i know you said it's you know it's uh, it might not be the best game to target but for me i think it's it's one of those again where looking at the, the point in the group where both will uh, you know north macedonia lose and they're pretty much out so they've got a win which i feel that will make them for the players you know they're going to attack more especially and i feel ukraine were unlucky against netherlands i mean i know they scored two and you know netherlands got that goal in the last minute so i feel it could, and of course, North Macedonia, you would argue, are easier opposition in comparison to Netherlands. So for that, I feel that that could be a good game for some Ukrainian assets. So for me, they were the they were the fixtures sort of stand out ones for me because some of the other games, like we've seen, you know, the the big size in Group F, it's kind of a bit tricky to predict them at the moment. So is that is that all your uh, the teams that you're looking at? Is it the Max? Is it? Well, I mean, I, I of course I'm going to they're that. They're the more different, the, the more yeah. the target games. I mean, of course, you know, in terms of the players I'll be having, I'll have Belgian players um, against Denmark. You know, I'll have Italian players against Switzerland. But I think in terms of the, the sort of standout games where I feel that they could be, you know, a good fixture to maybe yeah. to nick a few. I think, yeah, they're the ones I feel that so, could be good. Yeah. So, I mean, it's interesting now because we, me and you, are probably going to have maybe a different game plan. Um I mean, I'm looking at sure things now because I've such I've had such a bad week. I think psychologically, I'm looking for the safest possible people. You know, the safest possible teams, the countries and stuff. Mm. Whereas I think you can sort of have a little play around, not a risk, not a risk, not too much of a risk, but you've got a little bit more maybe creativity in terms of what what you can what you can look at because in my head I'm like right France Holland you know these big teams that I know mm, yeah, that, yeah. I, that I can sort of you know but but yeah I'm not saying you're making any major risks you're I, I I agree with what you're saying I think what you know what you said is fully justified it's just I think it's going to be interesting to see how our game plans play out um in, in maybe into our teams as well um talking of our teams so obviously we we're both we're both we're both limitless this week um we but we've both talked about the teams that we're going to target and um, what i'm going to do is just mix my picks in um to how i'm looking so far um I'll give some sort of justification instead of giving off top picks and stuff because by the time this pod comes out a lot of people would have picked their teams um they would have picked their teams anyway um, so I'm going to start at the I'm going to start at the back. So obviously, we've got we've got an unlimited budget. So obviously, cost is is nothing, isn't it? And I think that's been a great thing actually because if you you know as as you know when we looked through my team before, um, it was a lot of the budget players actually that um, that struggled. You know that didn't play that that didn't return. So so my first uh, my first goalkeeper is Donna Rummer. Um, I think it's a pretty obvious choice in terms of, you know, in terms of limitless and and obviously, um, yeah, I don't I don't see why, um, 
anyone wouldn't pick Donnarumma actually because of the the strong Italian, you know, the, the strong Italian defence. Um, so yeah, I mean him, obviously keeping what was it nine nine clean sheets in the past ten games, which is absolutely amazing, by the way. Um, and up against a Switzerland team that I'm not 100% keen on um, them actually scoring. So he's my first keeper. My second keeper going into this game could potentially change. However, I am pretty... See, there's a lot of debate in my own head about uh, uh, Pickford for England um, because obviously we know sort of local derbies and you know it's, it is sort of local derbies in England and Scotland. We, we know that they those type of games can go sort of either way. And, and obviously Pickford plays a couple of days after uh, Donnarumma. So, so yeah, I think I think there's a huge chance there that Pickford could potentially be uh, maybe Loris. It's just it's just a case of tinkering. Um, so who have you gone for in at the back, Max? So yeah, I'm playing it relatively safe for goalkeepers. So Donnarumma, Italian goalkeeper again, just purely based on the fact that they look solid at the back. Um, and Laurie's uh, French goalkeeper against Hungary. I feel like, yeah, after watching, I know Hungary had the goal disallowed, but I think France are even stronger probably at the back than Portugal. So I feel like they should get a clean sheet there as well. So, yeah, I'm playing it safe with the goalkeepers. So in terms of defence, we need to obviously look at, well, we don't need to look at pricey defenders, but I think that's what, we're sort of going to be looking out this week, to be honest. Um, so, so yeah, let's just start with the defence. And again, not 100% on um, which way I'm going uh, with France. But I, I really think that Pavard is, is one of the best options out there um, for this week. And I've seen his heat, heat maps for, for club and country, and he does like to attack. It's, it's not great uh, attacking returns. He's not got a great sort of you know, record of attacking returns. But when you look at France against Hungary, uh, like we saw tonight, Hungary were pretty low block, sort of pinned in. So I expect Pavard to, to get, you know, forward quite a lot. And him, you know, he's, he's played the last seven out of 10 matches for France, you know, even more competitive wise. So, you know, he's, he's scored, he's, he's created one assist and a goal in the last seven, you know, and he, and he's, had five clean sheets in in the same seven so that basically gives him seven returns in his last seven matches um which is for me it's impossible to ignore and again there's no point in mentioning price tonight because of this week because you know we, we've got an unlimited budget um now another player another defender that i've got in um that i'm also i'm, I'm pretty aware that me and you were going to have similar choices here max and i think munia um after after his goal assist and the clean sheet in match day one, it would be silly to leave him out, um, and and it would it and I, I was silly to leave him out in my first draft, and I, I really looked at my team and decided against Alioski, who I thought looked okay, but obviously didn't like the fact that Austria put three past him when I didn't think that much of Austria actually. So Munia, um. Great player. Obviously, we we both know that Castagna has now got broken eye socket, which is horrific. Um, you know, considering the week we've had with Ericsson and stuff, it's it's nowhere near in comparison. But it is you know it's a lot of negative sort of stuff this week, and and obviously it's a massive shame for Castagna. Um, you know, especially with this, the the injury at Leicester and stuff. But with him being out, it sort of secures Mooney's spot at the back. I assume so. Great threat going forward. And and to be honest, I'm not entirely um I'm not entirely convinced that Denmark will score against Munia, um, to be honest. Third defender is Zinchenko. Um I love his positions. He's a defender uh, in the game, but in real life he's, he plays as a midfielder or a winger. He gets he's so creative and actually I thought look one of the best players on the pitch in terms of both Netherlands and um, Ukraine the other night. I thought he was um, some of the passes he was pinging around and stuff. I just thought wow, you know. But yeah, so Zinchenko definitely makes the cut. Um, he, you know, he, he takes some free kicks. He he loves to attack and and again, you know, you you're looking at potentially um, a midfielder but getting clean sheets. So it's it's sort of a win win. Uh, fourth choice is Dumfries. Um, a, a great, actually, a, a great 
opportunity to get a hat trick the other night, which you don't say very often about defenders. I mean, he, he, he looked a lot of people rated him badly because he missed two or three huge chances um, and, and didn't get the clean sheet, but he scored the winner. And to be honest, if you know, you want that in a defender that if they can't keep a clean sheet, they're scoring and they're attacking. And to be honest, Dumfries was someone I considered over Vindal, but it was only because of the price and match day one that I, that I sort of went with Dumfries. So, We'll see, but he looks so so attacking. And the four that I've mentioned already, uh, they, they, you know, they, they, well, the five that the four that I've mentioned already are really really attacking defenders. Um, and, and in, in one case, in Chanko midfielder, uh, my fifth defender again, someone that had a fantastic first week, Spinazzola for Italy. Um, you know, a, a clean sheet and attacking return. You know, it's just it's just not something you can pass up. Um, and, and to be honest, I think my back line must be worth about 30, 35 million pounds this week. But that's what it's all about, isn't it? But so, who, yeah, so who have you gone for at the back this week, Max? To be honest, it is a little bit similar. Um, yeah. It's not a surprise. So I'll just say the players that you've we've both got. Um, so I've also gone for Pavard for France for exactly the same reasons. Uh, Zinchenko and Monier. So, they're, yeah, they're the three players that I've also gone for, same as you. I mean, yeah. Like we said, I think Zinchenko, they had seven shots against the Netherlands and five on target and they scored two. So they're kind of quite, you could argue, quite clinical from that point of view. And then you can also say against, you know, against Macedonia, they'll have a lot more opportunities. So, yeah, that's why I've gone for Zinchenko as well. Um, In my other two defenders, so the other one that's kind of confirmed is Benucci. I've gone for him, one, obviously, because he's a guaranteed starter, but I feel like he was a bit of a threat from set pieces. And I feel like against Switzerland, I think, I don't know what it is, but <laughs> there's something about this, just telling me to keep Benucci from my first, you know, first uh, match day one squad. So I'm keeping him. But the final spot um, in defence is still to be decided. I've got, at the moment, I've got John Stones in there, but I'm toying between him, uh, Jordi Alba and Dumfries. But I think I'm more torn... To, I, I like Jordi Alba, the way he was getting forward again, you know, in the first game. I know they didn't score against Sweden, but he was overlapping. I mean, if it wasn't really, he should have got two assists because one that one crossed into the box, the, the, the midfielder didn't gamble on it, on the defender missing it. And then another time, it was just, you know, the, the player should have scored and he didn't. So, yeah, I feel like he's a good attacking asset. And Poland, again, will, will be looking to, you know, address that first loss and will be coming out themselves to try and get that win. So, you know, I'm looking at, I'm looking very much in my picks at the, the first game as a way of how the teams will try and approach the second game. Um, so, yeah, that's my defence uh, so far. It's maybe a change tonight. I'm not 100% sure, but with the, with the, with it, me needing to make a change by tomorrow, I need to make my mind up soon. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's just move to the midfield. And obviously, Max, we, you know, me and, me and you have got, um, we know we've got, I was going to say plenty of time. We haven't got plenty of time. Um, but yeah, we, as long as we remember. Um, but yeah, uh, midfield-wise, it's it's quite difficult when you've got too many options because it was easy with the defence because you didn't have to, you know, there's not a lot of options. There's not loads and loads of options, but with midfield, there was so many options this week. Um, so I started off with Perisic. Um, he's someone that I'm looking at, and I'm, I have been looking at a couple of differentials actually um, to get back in it, as it were. But I don't because, but he was someone I was looking at in match day one. I did an article, and, and in match day one, I was looking at Perisic's stats, and and obviously he, he's a, he's a player that always plays. You know, he he's and when when Croatia do score, Perisic is usually you know, hugely amongst it. In the Euro qualifying round, Croatia actually scored 17 goals in eighteen in eight matches, sorry. So it's two, more than two goals per game and Perisic scoring three goals and creating two assists, so five and seven. So, and obviously I looking at I was looking at the Czech Republic in match day one and thinking, Czech Republic look awful. But now after seeing the Scotland game, I'm a bit like, are Czech Republic quite solid at the back? I don't know. And, and are Croatia that good going forward? I don't know because it was against England. So, you know, England have got solid defence. I, I think the England defence is quite, quite solid, to be honest. And I think Perisic had a couple of... I mean, Croatia didn't create much, but when they did create, Perisic was, was on the end a bit. 
Um, obviously, he didn't do much, you know, because he had, and I like Perisic because he's both footed. Um, and against Czech Republic, I'm not too sure. I'm not too sure Czech Republic attack this game as much as they did with Scotland because they've got three points. I'm thinking they sit back here. I think if they sit back and, and try and be intelligent and maybe, you know, scrape out a, 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 a you know, a one pointer or something. So I'm looking at Perisic thinking he he's a he, he's a good opportunity. He's a he's a differential and he also plays at the latter part of the week as well. So it's quite exciting. Um so my second is Vinealdum. Um, proofs in the pudding basically he scores he's in a, a number 10 role he's behind the pie one of the, for me one of the players of the tournament and he's he's not got any attacking returns yet he just looks so good uh, I just feel it's only a matter of time for the pie actually but um, but yeah Van Alden someone that loves a shot outside the box he loves to take charge he makes he he is 100% locked in um, third midfielder Gareth Bale against the Turkey it's quite interesting actually because I think we are not going to play the same against Turkey as we did for Switzerland. I think Turkey like to also play on the account attack and so do we. So that could be quite a spicy game. I think a lot of people look at that and think that's quite a dull game. But I think that's when Wales, and we, obviously we need to, this. if we win this, if Wales beat Turkey, there's a huge chance we go through. So I think we attack this and we've got the attacking players to do it. So... And Bale um, being that um, being that sort of the anchorman and playing at the start of the week is, you know, I just feel um, he's a great differential and easily a player that can score, um, you know, two goals or score a free kick or just, you know, return points. Uh, Insigne, 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 however you say it. We have an issue with Italian players, don't we? I, think. I have an issue with every player, mate. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, Insigne, I'm going to say it like that. Okay, so he had a great game, great first game. And to be honest, it's not just him, it's Italy. Italy looked fantastic going forward. And I just feel like he, he plays in that front three, doesn't he? And he's so, so attacking. And I was talking to a couple of people on Twitter about France and how they'd be much better if they had better midfielders, you know, in-game midfielders. Um so again, Insigne makes the cut. And then my fifth and final midfielder is Mason Mount against Scotland. Um, I like Mount. I like that he takes, obviously I like Mount, but, but he takes corners and he's taking free kicks, similar to what he did at Chelsea. But actually, interesting, that at the end of last season, he stopped taking free kicks and corners for Chelsea. And we talked about that, didn't we, on the last, uh, the last pod. Uh, last FPL pod, but now I'm seeing him taking corners and, and free kicks again, and he's looking really bright. To be honest, Croatia played really well defensively, um, and I, I don't think England were poor. I just think that they struggled to unlock a strong Croatia, and Croatia showed that against Belgium in the friendly previously to that because that was also one 0 and you know Belgium are pushing three teams at the moment, two, three, you know, three nil, four nil. So for me. Uh, yeah, uh, Mount could could well stay in that team. So they're my five: Perisic, Wijnaldum, Bale, Insigne, and Mason Mount. Although KDB a big potential if I hear anything overnight, which is doubtful. But then I'm thinking, is KDB as good as any other player, even if he just features? So that's where I'm at with midfield. How are you looking? So I've only got two of your players that are in midfield. So if I start off with them players, so I've got Insigne. Um, similar reasons, I feel like he looked he looked decent um, in the first game against Turkey, and I think he he um, will look dangerous against Switzerland as well. And Wijnaldum is also another player that I'm bringing in. Um, he looked good in the first game, and because uh, I'm not going for any attack uh, strikers for. Well, I'm revealing it, revealing my team too early here, but because I'm not going for any uh, Netherlands strikers, I'm going to go for him in midfield. So then, in terms of my midfield, so I'd gone for Malinovsky uh, for Ukraine purely because you know some of the earlier reasons I mentioned with North Macedonia. Um, I feel it's a good fixture for them. He got an assist in his first game, and I feel like he could be a, a good a good player to have for match day two. Um, I'd gone for Kevin De Bruyne as my as my fourth midfielder now he is doubtful i mean he's playing on thursday so you know he's got he's got a couple of days 
to recover. I, I, I need to check again tonight just mm. to understand. It's a risky one, but I feel like you said, even if he comes off the bench, He's you know, in 15, yeah. yeah, 15 minutes, 20 minutes, I think he could get an assist and a goal against a, you know, a tired Denmark side in the second half. I think De Bruyne coming on, I think he could cause some problems. And I guess what you've got to also think of is because you, you've got the money on limitless anyway. So you're going to have, you know, a solid backup player anyway. So, and you're probably going to have this issue when you, when you are looking at substitutes this match day too, if you're using limitless, you're going to have a struggle to take off players. And you, so I think yeah. arguably I could, that could work in my favour. And then the final midfielder, which is a slightly different one, is Sergio Gnabry. Um, I feel he's a key player for Germany. Um, in terms of German players, I know he, he's got the highest uh, goal contributions. I think it was since 2019 for Germany um, with 13. So for me, I think he's a, he's a key attacking player. I know Germany don't really, they're, they're much more, you know, a team oriented effect. Uh, you know, they're not just focused on one player attacking wise, but I feel like he is key to that. And I'll, again, obviously I'll monitor him again tonight with the game on tonight, um, France, Germany. So, but yeah, he's my, he's my final midfielder. Okay. So looking ahead, I mean, looking ahead at the pitch, um, I mean, I didn't want to overgo. I, I'm I'm struggling with France because I don't want to put all my eggs in one basket. I, because they they only really got Pogba in midfield, and he's so, you know, you, you just can't predict what he's going to do. Um, so with that in mind, and other countries having players like Insigne who are part of the front three scoring, France don't really have that. They play Griezmann in, in, in the number ten role, but he's classed as a forward, um, and so is Benzema, and so is M- Mbappe. And and do I want a do I want two strikers for Hungary? I, I'm just not too sure. Only because of the players that I have to cut out. So Kane, he he starts for me, um, and he would be the only one that I would sacrifice uh, for a double up on the France attack, which is doubtful. I've then got Lukaku, who couldn't be more locked into my team. And eventually, for the rest of the tournament, I'm, I, you know, you just don't know because he looks like everything he's, you know, everything that he touches at the moment is turning to gold. And I think that showed, and you know, he won, he won, he won Serie A with 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 Inter and created more goals than he actually played. I think, or close to that. So he 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 is a, he probably potentially one of the best strikers in the world at the moment. Um, you know, along with Lewandowski, who you know who had a bit of a poor week, but obviously much different quality of teams. But but yeah, so Lukaku, Kane, and my third and final one is Griezmann. So I've gone for Griezmann over Mbappe because of penalties. I've also gone for Griezmann over um, Mbappe because he's. I'm not saying that Mbappe isn't nailed, but he's played ten out of ten games and he barely gets substituted. Um, and Mbappe has had the tendency to get substituted um, over Griezmann. Um, first, so that's why I've gone for Griezmann at top. So potentially Griezmann, Kane, and Lukaku at top. So who have you gone for, Max? Kane. So yeah, similar to you, yeah. Lukaku and Mbappe. I just don't. For me, I'm not messing about in, uh, in terms of. I think Mbappe is just. He's. You saw him in the last tournament. He was just pure class, and he's been the same for in the French league. And I just think he's he's so talented that he could do anything. So. Yeah, that's why I'm I'm going for, for him as my third striker. So yeah, Kane, Lukaku, and, and Mbappe. Okay, so now that we've got our teams out of the way, it's time we looked at captaincy, um, and, and obviously we need to know where we're going with captaincy if you know if our draft stands. So I'll just go first. So in the first day, which is the 16th, which is Wednesday, you've got Wales and Turkey, Italy, Switzerland, Finland, Russia. Personally, for me. If I have Bale, um, it's out of Bale or Insigne. That is a huge, huge, huge decision to make. Um, it really is. So that's really difficult for me to 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 go. Um, you know to. So yeah, Insigne or Bale. That's a tough choice for that first day. Uh, looking at the second day, um, we've got a mixture of Belgium and Netherlands now. I'm not going to captain Vijnaldum. I'm probably going to captain Lukaku. Um, so Lukaku, well, I say saved me in match day one. He was the only reason that I've not deleted the app and, and just completely <laughs> given up. So 
a Belgium a Belgium captain against a Denmark team who again don't really want to um you know sort of talk about in 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 that way because of what's happened but a team that I think could concede a few goals um and actually uh, exciting uh, matchup because the last the last game the last heads had they played Belgium uh, beat Denmark 4-2 and that was during the time Denmark had a solid defence uh, so four goals there, uh, two goal contributions from Lukaku, two from Kevin De Bruyne. Um, so again, interesting, uh, interesting start there. So looking at the next day, uh, we have Croatia playing Czech Republic, England, Scotland, and we have Sweden versus Slovakia. I think it's only one, uh, well, two actually. It's Perisic or Kane or Mount. So again, another difficult decision, similar to Baylor and Senior on in signal the first day. Um, again, just not too sure about keeping Mount or Kane in. Not 100%. Um, so moving on to the Friday, uh, which is obviously... No, the Saturday, sorry, which is the 19th, which is the last day of match day two. We have Spain against Poland. Don't really fancy that game, um, to be honest. It could, it could potentially go either way, although Poland did look poor. Um, we have France against Hungary, and and that will no doubtedly be um, Antoine Griezmann. So, again, captaincy a little bit tougher to decide this week. Could be uh, could be mainly down to the fact that um, I've still got a couple of uh, you know choices to make. Fran Torres did actually make this draft originally, but after last night. Um, just don't feel like Spain are going to be a finishing team. I just don't feel like Spain are going to be a team that, like Belgium, like Netherlands, and like France, and like Portugal, I don't think they're going to be that team that score two or three goals. Uh, they just don't have it in him. I don't think in Morata look awful. Um, Fran not great. So, yeah, that's me, Max, in terms of captaincy. How are you? Um, how are you shaping it? So for day one, I was, you know, I. I didn't touch upon this player, but I don't actually, I don't, and I haven't mentioned him yet. But I was going to have him as one of my strikers, which is the Russian player Dzuba. I felt like he, if I had him in my team, he would be my captain for the first match, the first uh, game. But because I don't, I'll go for Insigne because he's in my current team. Um, for the Thursday, I think if again it's dependent on De Bruyne. I think if De Bruyne plays. If De Bruyne, you know, if there's no good news on De Bruyne, I will captain him over Dukaku. Mm-hmm. Um, even though I've got the Ukrainian player as well, I will. I think the Belgian players are more of a assured sh- choice, and also I've got Wijnaldum. But I think Belgium, yeah, it would be if De Bruyne doesn't play, it'd be Lukaku. Um, if I go on to the Friday, so for me, obviously, I've only got one player playing, so it'd be it would be Kane if I was the captain. And then for the final game, final day, it's a no brainer. It would be. Mbappe um, against Hungary. So yeah, they are my they are my captain choices. So I think we 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 again we we ninety something percent um, nailed on our starting lineups, aren't we? We've got a couple of um, couple of decisions to make. Is there anyone for the limitless? Well, for match day two that you're thinking uh, of uh, that you're looking at also that haven't been able to quite fit in your draft, or are you sort of or have you gone through those options already and thought, no, these are the ones that I want to play? Well, yeah, I kind of slightly touched upon, you know, the Russian striker. Um, yeah. I feel for Heat, that could be, it's one of those games, you know, of course, sometimes you can look at the big teams and think, okay, a big team against, you know, one of the lower teams. But sometimes these sort of games with some of the teams that are lower ranked overall, like the Finland and the Russian, you know, the Ukraine off North Macedonia, that's where I feel like you could, you could get really, really get some goals to, yeah, the Russian striker. Um, and also, like I said, Jordi Alba, I feel like could be a player that I, I potentially want to um, want to get in and over Stones. But then on the other hand, it's it's Cristiano Ronaldo. I know I've just, <laughs> he's just scored two. And I think, do you know what, why, why am I dropping him against, I know he's against Germany, but he's a big, a big game player and we all know what he can do. So something in me is telling me to keep him as well. Interesting, isn't it? Because obviously, when 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 players do perform, um, regardless of the fixture, it's 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 really tough to to drop them. Uh, but in my case, because I've such 
had such a terrible week. The only player that I have to keep is Lukaku. And to be honest, you know, obviously again with Denmark, you know, I'm quite happy, happy with that. Um, so, I mean, yeah, anything else to add to your team this week, Max, in terms of changes or options or anything else? No, I think it's, while I did take out Memphis Depay, and I think he would be, he is going to be good against Austria. I've just I got really to look have at, thought about him as well. Yeah. yeah, he's one of those players, isn't he? That, like I just said with Ronaldo, it's, Ronaldo's difficult to take out because he's, you know, he's um, scored two goals. But I think you've just got to think of, you know, the other options as well. I think Lukaku against Denmark and he scored two. And then you've got Mbappe against Hungary. I think it's, it's so tricky with the, the midfield and attack on Limitless. But I think at the end of the day, you've just got to go with sometimes you've got to balance it, your head and your heart. You've, you've got to look at the stats, but also you've got to think, you know, you've got to think of what is the most likely to happen. Yeah. So a really, uh, a really terrible week for me, a, a really terrible start. And I think, again, I think it just feels like a bit more like bad luck, but a really good start for you, Max. And and obviously our game plans sort of, we're, we're sort of on different paths now, aren't we? I mean, psychologically, it'll be interesting in, in you know, in how the next week goes, because a lot of, we know obviously that a lot of players are using Limitless this week, but obviously a large chunk of, of the game are they're either casuals or they've got a different game plan. So I think regardless of the weeks you've had or regardless of this week, I think it should be a pretty positive week for both of us in terms of leagues, in terms of rank and stuff. But for you, uh, it's, it's dreamland for you, isn't it? Because you've got that nice, massive start. You know, you can sort of, be maybe a tiny bit risky, but not too risky. No, you don't have to sort of chase a load of rank. You can just sort of, you know, you can just sort of take, not take it easy, but you can sort of chill out a little bit more now, can't you? I think it's just because of the limit, this is, uh, I'm going for that on the second match days. If I didn't have that, I'd be a bit more concerned, you know, but, but because I just a little bit less, uh, I'm a little bit more confident because, you know, just from the fact that, I've got a full team of 15 players that I feel, you know, arguably if I would start anyway if, if I could, if I could, if it was no budget restrictions. But um, like you said, I've I can, I've got a couple of arguably differentials, but even then I feel like they could, they, they, they're a good shout. So hopefully it's not too risky for me for match day two, but I'm just going to hope the best and see what happens. So we'll, uh, we'll obviously next week's pod, we're sort of going to be, halfway through match day three as well because obviously it's so quick it's not like a game week it's match days and they're every sort of four to five to six days so obviously we cut a day off every week we do a podcast um obviously depending on the look of my team and stuff next week i'll probably be wild carding max i think you're the same aren't you potentially wild carding as well yeah wild carding for match day three purely because you know some of the players that i've got I've got some in my current team. I've got some tricky fixtures, and of course, I've got some of the the players that are out. Um, in the example, for example, uh, Ericsson. So, yeah, there's some changes that I need to make for that final game. And we can't even really look at that week in particular because a lot there'll be a, a lot of heavy rotation and stuff. So, so again, I think what what we what we can do is keep updated on on Twitter and stuff, and then obviously do the podcast and see where we're at. Um, and then obviously we'll have a double pick free shout out, um, which I'll obviously um, announce the winner on Twitter tomorrow or your today, wherever we you know, whenever you get this podcast, uh, the listeners. Um, but yeah, anything else to add to the podcast, Max, apart from obviously, again, the fact that you've had a great week? No, I just, just yeah, we've got to keep positive and hopefully we can both rise some rank. I think because of the fast turnarounds, it's within the space of a couple of days, it could be a completely different story because, you know, it's games constantly. So it's it's exciting because, you know, things can change so quickly. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I almost wish there was longer to the Euros because of, you know, obviously the bad week. And I'm, I'm, I'm now thinking, God, I wish it, I wish there was more, you know, more group stage, um, more group stage games. Um, obviously the FPL, uh, well, FPL, the, the, uh, the Premier League fixtures are out tomorrow morning, nine o'clock as well. So I think we are, our sort of minds are going to be split again, aren't they? But, um, but yeah, I'll try and keep focused on um, Euro fantasy football, but 
great catching up with you, Max, again. And obviously, well done to a, a great week. Um, and hopefully, you can keep that up um, for for the podcast's sake anyway, because certainly from my point of view, my, my uh, half, you know, it's terrible. But, um, but yeah. Um, anything else to add to that, Max, before we no, go? Mate. Good to catch up. And like I said, keep positive, uh, Lewis. I think your your team will soon change around, I think, with the, the limit that's going to get matched day two. Mm, hopefully. Uh, all right then, Max. Well, I'll see you later. It's good to catch you up as well. And obviously, guys, we'll see you next. Well, we'll see you, but you'll hear us again next week on the pod. Um, so see you later, Max. See you later, Lewis. Cheers, guys.